14-7 or 14-10. I think we, we, we're filled with confidence, and this is a team that needs confidence right now. Uh, I know the process. I know where we're going. I know we're on the right path. The timing of that, it has a lot to do with the, the circumstances and who we're playing and whether we can hold a lead, capture a lead, make it exciting for ourselves and the fans, and we just weren't able to get that done early in the game, and I thought that from that point forward it's kind of a slow death. So you mentioned getting down into the red zone, not being able to capitalize with the missed field goal. You guys had some other opportunities as well. What kind of has been the problem right now on offense? It seems like you guys are having some success, and then it just fizzles when you get into that zone. What's going on there? Yeah, well, we haven't been uh, connecting in our passing game at a high enough rate. We're rushing the ball right now for just under three yards of carry. That's usually not a winning effort, so we're not rushing the ball efficiently, and we're throwing and we're, pass, we're throwing the ball at less than 50% completion percentage. So, you know, we're, we're close, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're right at, we're right at 50%. We're right at 2.8 yards a carry. I mean, that's really close. If we could get that up to 3.5 yards a carry, if we can get that up to 60% completion percentage, now we're stringing together a few more drives instead of, instead of coming up with a, you know, a third and, and something that we can't manage often enough. So there was a big play. I think it was in that second quarter. It looked like it would have been a walk-in touchdown, had the drop pass. Yep. What kind of – it seemed like the energy of the state was just sucked out of the stadium yep. at that moment and even from the sidelines and the team. How do you want them to respond to that? Yeah, well, definitely not, uh, definitely not from the team. I mean, the defense had, I think, three stops after that uh, point, and, and the offense came back, on, I think, on the very next drive, drove it to midfield, came up with a fourth and three or four, converted, and so there, there was still life and there was still effort. It just wasn't – it wasn't paying off in that score. Like I said, I was just, I was so anticipating a 14-7 when the defense kept getting stop after stop there at 14 nothing. If we could have if pulled that to 14-7, I think there's a lot of belief, uh, a realization that, hey, we're playing one of the best teams in the country at our level of football. We're hanging in there. We're not winning, but we've got a competitive game. And, and really, as the time bled down there in the second quarter, that chance to go into halftime and regroup at 14-7 to would have been really valuable for us. We weren't able to capture the moment. We weren't able to get it to seven and actually turned it over deep in our own uh, territory and, uh, you know, ended up going and uh, giving up 20, uh, 21 points there and a half. You're listening to the UNC Coaches Show. We are live at the GOAT Sports Bar. I'm Matt Gator, joined here right now by UNC football head coach. So coach, right now, through two games, you guys are being outscored 73-18. to 18. So what was kind of the message to the team going forward, and what was the message in the locker room after the game? The message is about productive struggle. Um, you know, we, we want – we're not trying to take away the struggle. We're not trying to schedule easy opponents. We're not trying to schedule easy wins or, or lower-level programs. We want to we struggle. We want to learn from that struggle. We want to get better. We want to test ourselves against the best. And uh, we, we came up short. So, it's, yeah, it's not – you know, the, the, uh, there's, there certainly was no uh, recounting of the total scores of two games. That, that would be, you know, not part of my meeting, uh, not part of my agenda. But – we, everybody realizes where we're at. We realize we're 0-2. The players realize that. We know what we're walking into this week, and uh, we're up for the challenge. Really good practice today. So, yeah, you mentioned tough opponents to start the year. It feels like a gauntlet these first three games. Um, I would say on paper, everyone would – on paper, you guys are not supposed to win this game. Number 23 team in the FBS, Washington State, they just knocked off number 19, Wisconsin. Obviously, I know you wouldn't play a game or go into a game – that you didn't think you could win. So what is your message kind of going into this game and getting ready for the big team in Washington State? 
Yeah, you know, that's that's interesting. Uh, second question you've had about message, and, you know, I don't know what kind of coaches you've had about uh, in the past or what your football experience was like, but, you know, I really don't think that players, you know, at least it, for me, my authentic approach is not about messages. I don't think it's a... I don't think that there's some motivational tactic or some magic words or some like kind of gimmick thing. It's, it's about getting back to work. You know, I just said it, it's about productive struggle. That, that has been the message and it, you know, the productive struggle uh, theme and, and culture that that's whether we're winning or losing. So it's really, you know, I think just the players, it's about blocking, tackling. It's about uh, the fundamentals of football, the skills of football, showing up to work every day with an enthusiasm, you know, that if, it, you know, if that's a message, then, then, you know, that's that's all I'm delivering at this point. So do you almost kind of feel like you like to lead by example in a lot of that, and that's why you're working out in the weight room with the guys every single day? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, I, and I tell them that I'm, I will model energy for you. If you see me low energy, call me out. You know, let me know. I, I model the energy. I, you know, I've, I've been here before. You, you look at uh, in 2015 at Southern Utah, we won the championship. It for the big sky, but we started out 0-2. In 2010, we won the first school ch- championship in, in Southern Utah history, and uh, we started out 1-4. and four. And so I know what it's like to pick a team up out of the dirt, uh, both, you know, the, the program history or the recent history and the season itself. I think that's what um, I, uh, I do best is I, I'm going to continue to bring energy. I'm going to continue to stay the course. I'm going to continue to blame myself and not the players. They're going to respond to that, and the timeline for that might be unknown, but it's coming. So what does it take then to turn a team around after an 0-2 start, a 1-4, and like you mentioned back in that 2010 season, yeah. and just kind of get things going? Is it just a, a win or rattling off a couple of wins? Or Yeah, well, the, the thing that I've found, you know, I've, because I've coached at some schools where you where you your schedule wins, you know, you, you have, you're better than seven or eight of the opponents that you play, and the hard part at those schools is doing it with humility. And being able to win more than that, get over the seven or eight win threshold, and, and make a real run nationally, well, here we're not we're not at that point yet where we're you know where we go in and, and people are picking us to win seven or eight games. There's a natural humility. There's a humility that comes with losing. There's a there's a uh, I think a real uh, test uh, through fire, and we find out who comes out on the other end. And we either grow or we shrink. And I really enjoy that process. I'm not, you know, at, th- at this point, look, you know, anyone in this in, in this restaurant. Any fan in the stands, any criticism that you bring up is valid. You could say they never win when they wear gray pants. Or, you know, they just don't take the field with enough energy. Or they should run the ball more. They should throw the ball more. They should blitz more. They should blitz less. All of it's valid. We're getting our butts kicked, right? I don't hear it because I've been, I've been there so many times. I've been through the ups and downs. I started coaching in the 1900s. Like, I know, I know what it takes. We're on the right path. And so, you know, I, I try to shield all of our players from that as well, take it on myself. So, Coach, I kind of I want to ask you a little bit about the offensive line and their performance in the last two games. And I take a lot of pride in the offensive line. Just That's my former position group. I played with a lot of these guys. That, but it feels like Sermon has, Jacob Sermon, the quarterback, has been taking a lot of hits. It feels like the pockets maybe been collapsing early. Sometimes they've also had some great pockets. Is there any more of an emphasis on that right now? Absolutely, yeah. There's an emphasis on anything that we're doing poorly, and, and at that, and so at this point, it's really about you know sustained effort on on defense throughout the course of a game. Um, it's about tackling better it, offensively, uh, as you mentioned. Yeah, we haven't had the chance, we haven't uh, afforded our quarterback the opportunity to stand in the pocket very long. 
that's not always uh, the offensive line's fault. That can be, a, I mean, you've, if you, you've played the position, so you understand a lot of times what people see as the offensive line's fault is a receiver running the wrong route. The quarterback has to hold the ball too long. Um, uh, other times it is, of course, the offensive line part, they're, 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 they're problem. They're not flawless, certainly, in their play right now. They're a very young group. We have one senior in our, in our starting lineup. That's Jacob Sermon. And so, you know, a, a lot of my efforts right now are about making sure that his senior season uh, pans out the way that I believe it can. And uh, I still have really high expectations for this team and this season. I'm, I'm uh, disappointed but undeterred. Coach, I want to talk about some of the bright sides, I feel like, from that game and the last two games, actually. I want to bring Carver Cheeks and his punt coverage. I feel like we are calling his name every single time that you guys are punting, and he's doing a great job on that coverage team. Obviously had the one penalty for getting there too early, but I think he's had probably six tackles so far this year just on that punt team alone. What can you tell me about him? I'm so happy with the way he responded to the early penalty on the the, running into the uh, receiver. He didn't give the the, the punt returner enough room, rough, you know, and so – but, uh, you know, a lot of guys would get shy in that next moment. And late in the, later in the game, the punt returner tried to bait Carver into kind of slowing down, and he scooped up the ball real quick and took off running. Uh, Carver's a tremendous athlete. We recruited him really off of track. Uh, you know, he can really run. He's got a lot of height, big frame. We knew he was a developmental player. He was playing primarily wide receiver in high school, and, and we think he's a defensive back here and, and going to be a really good one. Uh, he re- really reminds me of, of Miles Killebrew, one of the guys that, that came out of Southern Utah and is still playing in the NFL uh, nine years later. Same body type, uh, same speed, and really a, just a lot of work ethic, big frame on him. He's, he's going to be a fantastic player for us at the safety position as well. So I, I know how important special teams is, and a lot of the times when people shine on special teams, that's when they'll start getting more looks on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Is that happening right now? I know he's still just a true freshman, but yeah. is he getting more looks in practice, or is he more of a developmental guy and you know, just see him a lot on special teams this yeah, year? Yeah, you, you said it. he's certainly going to get all the looks. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of times, the, sometimes the the problem with freshmen is, uh, they come in and the pace of learning, the number of defensive calls that we're running, the nuances of the position are so overwhelming that they fall behind quickly. And that, and that happens to almost all the freshmen. Um, and so, it, you know, it, a lot of times it can be difficult to ever catch up until like the bye week happens or something like that. But we're, we're, we're working him in on defense more and more when he gets to the point where he's really playing, you know, without thinking on defense like he is on special teams, then he's, yeah, he's definitely going to earn a lot of playing time. Coach, I appreciate the, the answer there. You're listening to the UNC Coaches Show. I'm Matt Gator, joined right now by UNC football head coach Ed Lamb. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here in a couple minutes on 1310 and 103.1 KFKA. Welcome back to the UNC Coaches Show. We are here live at the Goat Sports Bar in Greeley, Colorado. I'm Matt Gator, joined by UNC football head coach Ed Lamb. Coach, I appreciate you being here with me. I want to talk a little bit more about this last week's game before we move on. The main thing I want to ask you is that Zane Zanicola hurdle. What, what were your thoughts on that in real time as it was happening? And then after the fact, is that something that you talk to your guys that you discourage, encourage, or... Yeah, just kind of, if they're athletic enough, go for it. Yeah, I get why I get why it's exciting and why you'd bring it up, but it really it wasn't. You know, it's not certainly not a move that we practice, and then it's not something that I want to go discourage. But the, you know, be, it's a it's a really it's a it's a great analogy or a microcosm for how the game is saw right because you're you're watching it and you're having thoughts like that and you think to ask the question, 
my thought was he, he, he backed up too far and he, he fielded the ball that Blake should have fielded. And so then, and then we didn't have a lead blocker. So, yep. so Blake was trailing Zane and we were one block away from springing that for a touchdown. So, uh, you know, on the one hand, you know, we don't want to make anybody, uh, you know, feel like they, they shouldn't go get a ball that, that is kicked to them. But, you know, the way, what he was coached is to, you know, listen. So we needed to communicate better in that moment. And that's what I ran over there and t- told him in that moment. I didn't say anything about the hurdle. I noticed that he kept the ball pretty close to his body. If he would have got it away from his body, then I would have coached him on ball security. So I want to ask a follow-up question on Zane. Obviously, plays baseball here at UNC as well. He's a two-sport athlete. This is his first. He's played third year on the football team. His first year on the baseball team was this last spring. How did that kind of come about, and what are your thoughts on having two-sport athletes? I know we have another one in freshman wide receiver, Braden Monroe. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I really, you know, I support that. If, if a player is good enough to do that, uh, the first, my first, first thought is I'm jealous. You know, like to, to be able to play Division One football and Division One baseball, like, you know, I, I you know, I, I think in my time I could have gone out for the team, but just not got any, any, any I wouldn't have been good enough to, to play, uh, you know, to rise up the depth chart in two different sports. So he's missing a whole spring practice. And uh, obviously there's sacrifice. Uh, there's sacrifice for the baseball team that he's not with them year-round. There's sacrifice for the football team. But, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, being a, a team member of the entire department. And I believe that uh, if a player can, can handle the c- competitive level of both sports and, uh, and still make the team, then that's his decision on, you know, how, what, what he's trying to pour into each sport. And you mentioned missing all the spring ball. So is that something you feel like he was a step behind coming back into the summer and fall camp? Or was he kind of right back where – you guys felt like he should have been well no i think there's like i said there's a sacrifice i mean yep. it, it would be it, it'd be foolish you know if if spring ball wasn't important we wouldn't do it it's too much effort there's risk of guys getting injured and so yeah he, there was some kind of sacrifice uh, a step behind is you know probably a step uh, the fairest way to say it he's a step behind where he could have been um you know i don't know that he's a step behind his, his teammates or anything like that he's you know he's just one of our starting players and one of our key guys coach i want to Ask about Eddie Gonzalez, the football director of operations, chief of staff. He's been at UNC longer than most people as a player, than a coach, now chief of staff, director of ops. What does he mean to the team, and how much is he doing for you guys behind the scenes right now? Oh, man, Eddie's been uh, – that's my right-hand man. He, he really, so he handles, for, for people that don't know what the director of football operations might do, he handles anything that would be, like, business-related – uh, you know, he, that he, ta- he's able to take that off of my desk. And so things to do with the budget, with the logistics of travel, uh, rostering. And he also, because he's so he's capable and has a lot of energy, he, he, he dives into things and, and serves as my liaison sometimes to video and, and to, uh, uh, equipment and to recruiting. And so he just, he takes a lot of work off my plate, allows me to be more, uh, present with the coaches and the players and the passion and energy that he brings every day, it's, uh, it's, it's, in, it's invaluable. And, and, and I think that he's also part administrator. I think he's part of our administrative, administrative team with Darren Dunn and, and David Sobolchik and, and those guys. He's also a liaison with them and does a lot of the communications on that end. You're listening to the UNC Coaches Show. We're here live at the GOAT Sports Bar. I'm Matt Gator, joined by, right now by UNC football coach Ed, Ed Lamb. Washington State, number 23 team in the country. Mentioned that earlier. Beat number 19 Wisconsin at home. They're a good-looking team. I was able to watch most of that game on TV. What are your thoughts kind of going into this game? Uh, just a tremendous opportunity. You know, we, we've got a team right now that's, that's, that's down, that's disappointed, that knows they could play better. 
And, uh, you know, the, the, all, all we've talked about is just earning our opportunities to be as good as we can be. And what better test is there to go to this type of environment where, you know, obviously Pullman and, and the Washington State fans are, are really excited right now. The players are playing on a real high to go up against. I mean, we're, we're legitimately going up against the, the best. And uh, that's all an athlete could ever want. You know, I think from a, from a fan perspective, it's easy to say, oh, man, we're not supposed to win this game. You know, how, how are we going to win or something like that? We're not fans. Like, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're playing the best. And so if, if I took anyone in this, this bar, you know, at their sport and said, hey, uh, oh, you're a golfer? Well, you, you get a chance to golf against, uh, you know, the best in the world right now. We're going to put you up against John Rahm. Like, that's an incredible opportunity. And so we're going to take – uh, whatever victories we can take out of there, we're going to expect to go up and win. We're going to prepare as hard as we can, put our best foot forward. And obviously that's a big environment, going to be the biggest stadium that we play, that you guys play in all year. How do you feel like that helps prepare you for the games later on the season? Obviously going up to Montana, that'll be a rocking environment with them. Oh, yeah, certainly will. We've, we've got to be prepared and, and make sure that our snap counts are on point. We've got to be ready for the noise. Um, you know, and, and have uh, silent counts. Uh, off, that'll be a real challenge for our offense. We don't have, you know, typically uh, schools at that level have got indoor facilities where they go in and they pipe the music. Uh, you know, we, we our defensive coordinator carries out a miniature speaker every day. That's that's more suitable to our budget. And the miniature speaker is hard to hear when you get more than 20 feet away. So yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to find other ways to be successful in that moment, and that's just that's just one of the challenges. Another another challenge is all of the big plays that we make are gonna be noiseless. There's, nobody's gonna be cheering in comparison with every you know every three yard gain that we give up is gonna be kind of an eruption of cheers. So we, we've got to be mentally tough and ignore ignore the um, stadium, but somehow feed off the environment and uh, the chance to play against the best. How does that does that silent cadence change the tempo or change anything about the offense, or is it really just changing the the cadence and business as usual? I think that's the goal: is to get to where it's business as usual, to to habitize it enough that it's uh, you know that it's not that it's not a problem in those situations. Um, you know, I, I think you know. <laughs> Getting there is an, is another challenge. That's probably the best way to say it. Is it like where it's not it's not a seamless thing. Like oh hey let's just go with our silent count this week. That is not you know that's not going to do the trick. We have to actually practice it. We've got to be good at it. We have to adapt to it. And, and within a week we have to be it has to be habitized. Coach, I think a lot of people knowing they they have to face. I think a lot of people would look at it and think they have to face Washington State. It sounds more like you're taking it. As an opportunity, you get to face Washington State. They're a good team, one of the best teams in the country right now in college football. Does that kind of change the way that you guys prepare anything, or just kind of business as usual? Yeah, well, we always we always respect every opponent. We prepare we prepare hard. We prepare to win every week. Like I would not put these guys through the grueling practices that we that we do every week without a plan to go up and win the game. We have a plan to go up and win the game. I can't articulate it over the radio because. Some of that plan is, is it's, those are proprietary secrets of yep. where we're going to attack, where we feel like we do have advantages. Like, we're, you know, we're, I'm not standing in front of our team saying, hey, they're better than us at every single position, and uh, we have no chance in the game. We actually go in and say, here's where we think we match up well. Here's where we think we need to overcome some disadvantages. Here's the game plan that we feel like we have to execute to win. Coach, I appreciate you joining me. Just one last question. Obviously going to have Blake Haggerty, redshirt freshman wide receiver, joining us in the next half of the show. What can you tell me about him? And He's leading the team right now in receiving yards, been doing a great job. And 
what what are your thoughts on him? And- yeah, you know that's a, that's that's a great question because it immediately pops to my mind. So you know, I, I lift with the boys in the off season. So right in January, I'm jumping in there. I'm I'm lifting and running with them side by side, and I don't know like really who they are. I'm yep. I'm starting to get to know. Like if you show me a picture of each face, I could probably tell you what sprint group they're in. That's our way of measuring how fast they're in. You know, ten first ten fastest guys are in sprint group one, and then the next ten in sprint group two, and how strong they are, what their bench, what their squat is. But a lot of times I don't even know names. And he was one of the guys early where I was like maybe overlooking him, right? He's not the, he's not the tallest guy. And so, and he looked kind of young in the face. And I'm like, you know, okay, maybe this is just a young player or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to see, okay, uh, he's in the top sprint group, one of the fastest guys. And then he's lifting right next to me and out lifting me, right? Like by a lot of pounds. And I'm like, wow, this is one of the strongest guys too. And a tough-minded at every turn where we're doing tough exercises and stuff like that. So I, I begin to get really excited. About, okay, what's this guy going to be like in spring ball? And that's what he plays with, just nails and grit. He's the very definition of grit. And, uh, you know, a guy that's incredibly popular with his teammates. But in the moment of competition, a lot of times, one of the guys that's, that's most likely to be out there jawing and, and uh, getting somebody jawing back at him because his level of competitiveness is always so high. Coach, I lied. I said that was the last question. I have one more question. This is, you've done this before coming in. It's a new staff. How hard is it when you get in just to learn everyone's name and knowing who everyone is and what position they play, where they're going to be? Yeah, so there were several times when the players would say, because I, I think they once they got to, kn- to know me, okay, here, coaches, like, li- training right alongside of me. I can talk to them, right? Uh, I don't have, like, the most inviting um, resting face. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, I think I'm mad and think I'm – overly intense right but once they got to know me a little bit it's like hey coach do you know my name you know just testing me out and i'm like uh, some of them i have to admit no i don't know your name yet but i know i did see you squat three reps at 425 on uh, the other day and i know that you're in the third sprint group and i think your name might be you know and i know your position and then uh, the names kind of come last and i just i just was honest about that hey first i'm trying to see what i've got as a team I'll probably first learn your position, your height, your weight, your strength, your speed, and your number, and then at some point later I'll learn your name. Coach, I appreciate the honesty, and <laughs> I appreciate you joining me here today, and good luck on Saturday. should be a good one. Thank you. Appreciate you, Gator. That was UNC head football coach Ed Lamb. You're listening to the UNC Coaches Show. When we come back, I'll be joined by UNC redshirt freshman wide receiver Blake Haggerty. We'll be back in a couple minutes on 103.1 and 1310 at KFKA. Welcome back to the UNC Coaches Show. We are here live at the GOAT Sports Bar. I'm joined right now by UNC redshirt freshman wide receiver Blake Haggerty. Blake, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me on, sir. Of course. So, Blake, I just kind of want to start off with, I feel like still a young guy on the team. This is redshirt freshman season. A lot of fans might not be super familiar with you yet, so I just kind of want to get to know you a little bit and allow the fans to get to know you a little bit. You're from Colorado, right? What high school did you go to? Uh, I attended Castleview High School down in Castleville, Colorado. What other sports did you play growing up throughout uh, high school? Growing up in high school, I played basketball, ran track. Um, I just thought it was best to be a tri-sport athlete just every season, um, just utilize and maximize my skills uh, playing different sports. So how long have you been playing football for? I've been playing football for, I joined late in like seventh grade, and seventh grade was my first year of football, uh, tackle football, but I played um, a lot of flag football going up to then, and I was got kicked out the flag league, so 
Um, my parents were like, you're physical. Uh, we want to put you in tackle and try and tackle football. So. so you said that you started late, starting in seventh grade. One of your teammates, DB, Caleb Kwame, this is his first year playing football, had never played tackle football, had never played football at all prior to this year, his first year in college. He played rugby, so has the experience being physical and tackling. Can you even imagine that? Oh, yeah, and uh, Caleb Kwame has taken major steps. Um, he actually saw the field last week uh, against Incarnate Word, and uh, we see the progress that he's making, and he's doing a great job. So so why, what led to you picking UNC when you originally committed to come here? Um, there was a lot of different factors that went into it, but uh, the business program was a big one. Uh, you know, football isn't here forever, uh, so the academic, the – um, business program was for sure um, up there and then also the program that I committed to uh, I committed to a different staff um, and I, I enjoyed that staff on my uh, official visit when I came up here and then early signing day came around and I just think that um, with all the schools that recruited me that this was the best opportunity for me to um, excel on the field and in the classroom um, so those are the two biggest things for me. So obviously, still being a young guy in the receiving room, who who do you feel like you've kind of learned from or try to maybe follow in their footsteps within that room? I mean, I look at a lot. Uh, I watch film a lot, and in the practices, you know, I try and watch a lot of the guys. Um, one name that stood out to me was uh, Zane when I first got here. Uh, Zane Zanicola kind of took me under his wing, um, helped, you know, teach me some things that he knew, and uh, the system that he was in uh, last year and just got me caught up. But also uh, Ty Arrington uh, has helped me tremendously. And then even uh, this year, I you know come in, I only played in three games last year, and coming into this year, um, we had Jamari Robinson transferring, Jordan Riles transferring, uh, Devin Gitchaway. Um So I just take things from those guys too, um, and they all have helped my game uh, tremendously to this point. So you, you just mentioned those guys that transferred in. I'm not going to tell you, but I, I told you I was going to have a trivia question later. That's, that's what it's going to have to do with, so just, just so you're ready for that. So obviously, you mentioned earlier, right now you're leading the team in receiving yards. I think you guys have a really deep receiving room. What have you been able to do so far that's allowed you to kind of stand out? Um, yeah, our receiver room is very deep. We have a lot of talent. I don't think I've uh... – I mean, at least since I've been here, we definitely have never been uh, this deep in the receiver room. And we also have injuries on top of that uh, that is preventing us to get to that, you know, full depth that we really have. Um, but I'd say that I really pride myself on uh, releases and route running. And then after I get the ball in my hands, uh, yaks, yards after catch, just trying to make a play with the ball. Um, and I feel like uh, my route running and my releases have gotten me open to the point where, you know, Serm's going through his read and his progression and, uh, you know, he finds me on that field. So, Do you take pride in being one of those guys that you know that he can always look to and know where you're at and try to get you the ball? Oh, yeah, for sure. And oh, I was talking to Sarm about it preseason as well. Uh, we have a great connection. And, um, yeah, I think he, he, he has full trust in me, and I have full trust in him. Uh, you know, if I mess up, he knows that I'm going to correct it next time. And if he messes up, you know, next time around, I know that he's going to correct it. So having that two-way trust is really a big thing with your quarterback. So I want to ask you a little bit about this last week's game and Incarnate Word. Obviously, they were a really good team, top 10 team in the FCS. And you guys definitely showed some flashes throughout the game and put together some good drives, just were unable to capitalize on a lot of those. I asked Coach Lamb this, and I'm going to ask you, what do you guys need to do just to finish on some of those drives? 
Uh, so our offense, we pride ourselves on big plays, uh, explosive plays. Um, so that's kind of the heart of our offense. And, you know, just depending on different defensive looks and stuff, um, we just haven't been able to capitalize, capitalize on those explosive plays. Uh, but the first game, I believe we had a 15-play and a 16-play drive. Um, so we've been putting together um, some pretty long, uh, some long drives. But uh, we're a team that, you know, we you guys haven't even been able to really see it. But we like to take a lot of shots, um, especially like all fall, all spring. We've been taking a lot of shots, and uh, I bet you guys will see a lot more of that coming up in the season. Um, but I think we just need to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, unnecessary penalties. Um, you know, unnecessary penalties kind of killed us last game. The first game, we were a lot more disciplined. And I think that just minimizing the three and outs uh, for sure will help our offense just, you know, uh, stack stack plays on top of plays. And, you know, we, we want to assist the defense as well, keep the ball, um, keep them off the field because, you know, you go three and out, the defense is trying to make adjustments on the bench, and the next thing you know, they need to get back on the field. So, uh, I think you'll be able to see a lot more of that coming up in the season. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing up the three and outs because, I, I, in my opinion, three and outs have, are always something that just kill an offense. They kill your momentum, and like, like you mentioned, they put the defense right back out there on the field. So I'm hoping to see some more shots this next week and moving forward the rest of the season. You guys are listening to the UNC Coaches Show. We're live at the GOAT Sports Bar and Grill. I'm Matt Gator, right now joined by UNC redshirt freshman wide receiver Blake Haggerty. We're going to take a quick break and be back with some more questions for him. In a couple of minutes, you're listening on 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA. You're listening to the UNC Coaches Show. We are here live at the GOAT Sports Bar in Greeley, Colorado. I'm joined right now by freshman wide receiver Blake Haggerty. Blake, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Matt? I appreciate you being here with me. So I want to get your thoughts right now on Washington State and how you feel going into this game. mentioned it earlier with Coach Lamb, top 23 team in the nation in FBS, obviously going to be a tough opponent, but how are you guys feeling? Uh, we feel good, and I like what he said earlier about us having the opportunity um, to take them on because a lot of people think, okay, like we have to play them. They're a top 23 team, but I think of this as like a blessing. Um, you know, ever since a kid, you kind of always just you always just want to play at the biggest stage and you know playing in that packed out stadium in Pullman uh is definitely going to be the best opportunity for us and you're just going to uh when we play in Pullman and you know it's just going to be um a different environment so Blake I want to ask you a little bit about the Washington State secondary and how much film you've been able to study and what are your thoughts on them uh, obviously, they have a. Obviously, they have a very um, talented secondary. Uh, you know, they have. They're very deep in their secondary as well, and I think that the in order for us to come out and execute, we're gonna have to take our shots and just play um, our football. And uh, you know, I think that going this week up up against these DBs is just a great opportunity for me to prove that you know. Uh, I'm where I need to be and make some big big plays on uh, a big FBS opponent. And I think that this is the best chance to go out and showcase my talent. Yeah, definitely going to be a tough test, but like you mentioned, a great opportunity at that. So speaking, going to Washington State, what do you prefer, road trips 
where you can kind of be with the guys you're in the hotel the night before or do you like home games better with the home environment you have that home crowd cheering you on I feel like this Washington State game is uh, for sure an exception because you know the environment is for sure going to be different I think they they sit about like 30,000 people in their stadium 35,000 people in their stadium um, so the environment's going to be much different and I honestly I, I like that uh, it brings you know pressure onto us as a team uh, we know we need to go out there and we need to execute and we need to play our best our uh, best brand of football um, and I know and we know we can do that uh, we've you know we've shown glimpses of we show them glimpses of what we can do but we've never really pieced it together all 11 guys have never really been in sync um, on the field and I feel like this week in practice especially today we were able to figure figure out you know all of us can be in sync on the same plays and once we do that we're a pretty dangerous offense so were you were you able to watch any of that Washington State Wisconsin game that was on TV and well, if you did what were your thoughts on that yeah so I watched that game and I also uh, watched their week one game as well and uh, they're a very talented team um, you know there, there's not many holes in their offense or their defense I was able to watch you know the live game so I was watching their offense as well they have a very talented quarterback and then on defense um, they have a very talented D line uh, so we know that uh, what we have we know what's in front of us and I don't think that we're going to back down just because they're an FBS team uh, even last year uh, we put up a good fight against Wyoming and I feel like we could put up a good fight against the top uh, 25 FBS team. You're listening to the UNC Coaches Show. Uh, we are live at the GOAT Sports Bar. I'm joined by UNC redshirt freshman wide receiver Blake Haggerty. Blake was just getting his thoughts on Washington State. I want to ask you a little bit now. I asked Coach about the Zane Zinicola hurdle, and he mentioned the first thing he thought of was it shouldn't have been his ball. It should have been your ball. So I want to know what are your thoughts on that hurdle. Was it fun to see because you saw it from behind, or were you thinking the entire time, hey, that was my ball? Um, I mean, our, that really angered our special teams coordinator because um, basically how it was set up, you know, we're one block away from, you know, going to the house with that on film. We were, we had, you had the safety player on there, special teams, and if I caught that ball and Zane let up, um, that probably could have been a house call. But Zane's very athletic, very uh, dynamic, and when I saw the when I saw the hurdle, I mean, you got you got the gas from the crowd as well. But he's he's very athletic, and it didn't surprise me because I've seen him hurdle before. So, so coach mentioned that you're you're one of those guys that you get after it every day in the weight room in practice. So I kind of want I want to know. Which of our DBs is the toughest for you or is the hardest to go against for you? And which one do you like matching up against the most? I don't know if I could just choose a specific one because I see because, uh, you know, I'm in the slot a lot, but I also play a little bit of wide out. But I see a lot more, uh, you know, nickels in the slot um, than I do corners outside. Uh, but our secondary has been holding it down um, so far this season and they've been doing very well. Um, Tyzel Lewis, I like matching up at corner. I like matching up against uh, Nate Gillis and Noah Mangum at corner. They both give me great looks. And then uh, in the slot, he had a pick last game. Uh, Taiwan Harris, Hawk, he's he's a dog, and he's a very high IQ player. I like matching up against him. And then um, you also have Frankie, who's like a, who's like very he's very um, sneaky, I could say. He's one of those guys who in practice will, you know, go back and he'll pick off like bubbles and pick off um, those short intermediate routes. Uh, so I just, they all give me different looks, but um, they, they all make me better at the end of the day. So 
Mike, if you can get the uh, trivia going, that trivia question going. I gotta want to finish things up with a trivia question here for Blake. So, Blake, there are five wide receiver transfers. One of them was a mid-year transfer, and Jamari, you mentioned him earlier. Can you name all of them, and where did they transfer from? For sure. So, Jamari was Monroe College in New York. Uh, Jordan was from UNLV. Then we had uh, Devin Getchaway. He was from... Forgetting the JUCO out in California, but he was out from the JUCO in California, and before that he was he went to uh, USD San Diego. Then we have Bo Tate, who transferred from uh, Ventura Junior College in California. And am I missing one? I think you got them all. Where was Bo Tate most recently from, though? Oh, Bowling Green. Okay, yeah, you yeah. got them all then. You got all five, five for five. I know my, I know my boys. I know. Blake, I, I appreciate you joining me, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. That was Blake Haggerty, and thank you for joining me, Matt Gator, and UNC head football coach Ed Lamb, and Blake Haggerty here for the UNC Coaches Show. Be sure to tune in on Saturday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, 2 p.m. Local Time, as the UNC Bears take on the Washington State Cougars. Should be a good one.